everybody and welcome to Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill. Now, today, or this week, uh, the episode is a very interesting, <laughs> very interesting. I, I'm just going to say it like it is. It is very interesting. Um, because it is parroting a movie... And is also talking about a topic that ended up becoming its own TV franchise. <laughs> That's really the only way I could describe it. So, the episode is called In Sheepshit. And obviously that's a play on words of the movie Inception, which I will talk about in a little bit. You know, give everybody details of what that movie was and because i remember that coming out and watching the trailer and i was like what in the hell is this so (laughs) i i have not seen it yet so maybe i will never see it who knows so um anyway let's just dive into this week's episode in sheepshin The episode was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on October 20th, 2010. So our episode begins in the cafeteria where the boys are eating lunch when Butters gives Stan a letter from Wendy saying that she needs to talk to him. So they meet up and she talks about how Stan has a bunch of stuff in his locker. And that basically, he's a hoarder. And Stan, like, it's gotten so bad, it has gotten to the point that he puts some of his stuff in Wendy's locker. And Wendy isn't sure if she can take much more of this. So unless... Stan gets help, it doesn't look good for Stan. So, he agrees to have a specialist come to help him out. Now, the specialist is named Dr. Chinstrap. I kind of like that name. Just kind of, you know, kind of a funny name. So, there is a crowd of kids watching this. I, I wonder how they... I don't know if this was like at the end of school or what. But they open the locker and it is pretty bad. So we go through the whole thing of we're going to take each thing one by one and then whatever you need, we'll put in this pile. Whatever you don't need, we're going to put in a trash bag. We're going to throw it out. So... The first thing is a pencil box. Okay, need a pencil box. That, that, that's fair enough. You know, you, you do need a pencil box. The next thing is a broken toothbrush. And Stan's defense is, you never know when you need to brush your teeth after lunch. And, the, and Dr. Chinstrap is like, it's a broken toothbrush. And he's like, Yeah, but I still need to brush my teeth. So they keep the toothbrush. Then the next thing 
is an old sandwich with maggots in it. So at first, you know, Stan's like, oh, let's keep it. You know, I, you never know if I'm going to use it for a science project or what. But eventually he's convinced to put it in the trash bag. Then he finds an empty bottle of aspirin. And Stan's like, okay, that's it. I just need to, I, I need to keep all this stuff. So he's then sent to Mr. Mackey's office. And Mr. Mackey's going to have a talk with him. However, Mr. Mackey is even worse than Stan. And Stan, you know, they're having this talk and Stan finds a card of milk that's a month old and Mr. Mackey flips out. Like, he flips out. And he's like, don't you get rid of that. So, but before I go further, I want to talk about, because I've, I've seen... Um, what I believe to be hoarding. Um, because sometimes I, I, I go on vacation, uh, and, and, and we used to go to this really good pizza place. And, and what was really cool about the pizza place was it was inside a church. Like, the restaurant was in a church. So, whenever I'd go to pick up the pizza... We passed this house. There would be so much crap outside. It is insane. It was insane. I'm thinking like hoarders, the show, could do some episode on this. Like that's how bad it is. I I have not been past that house in years. Because unfortunately, that pizza place has since closed. The church pizza place. But that was really cool. Like when we went to go get the pizza. And it, it, it was legitimately in a church. Hey, I mean, if you can't use the church, you know, for services, why not make it into a pizza place? So, so Dr. Chinstrap and his assistant talked to not only Stan's parents, but also Principal Victoria and, for some reason, Mr. Garrison, who doesn't have a line. So, they say that Mr. Mackey is a level 5 hoarder. He's at the, the top. He's the very worst. Stan is at a level 3 and could get worse. So, they decide that the only way that they are going to fix this is they're going to do some therapy. And one of the things they bring up is how, you know, it starts out as this, and then becomes this, then it goes into that, then it goes into this. And then at one point is even mentioned animals, hoarding animals, like cats. And then Randy remembers that there's a guy named Mr. Yeoman who hoards animals. So, Dr. Chinstrap and crew... Go to see Mr. Yellman. Well, you see, Mr. Yellman is a herder. Not a hoarder, a herder. He's a sheep herder. And he's dressed like a sheep herder. So, they take him anyway, even though he's like, I'm a herder. Right, you're a hoarder. So, what they do is they, can, they, they hook up these devices onto their heads. And they are supposed to go into their dreams. And they're going to pinpoint what 
you know, what is causing the hoarding situation. So, we go into Mr. Mackey's dream. So, Mr. Mackey is a kid, and there is a bully named Billy Thompson who is going to beat up Mr. Garrett, or Mr. Mackey, young Mr. Mackey, because he got told on that he was smoking. So, they chase Mr. Mackey, and Mr. Mackey hides in a janitor's closet. Well, he turns on the light in the janitor's closet, and Stan is there. And the sheep herder is there. So somehow, they're all in the same dream. So now we have a problem. We've got to get out. We've got to get out of young Mr. Mackey's dream. Basically, we got to get out of Mr. Mackey's dream. Period. So, they go to Mr. Mackey's home when he was a kid. And, you know, it's basically, you know, kids a kid's room. He's got an Evil Knievel doll. He's got Light Bright. He's got posters. And the TV show Zoom is playing. And Zoom was a show that used to be on PBS back in the 70s. And I think it even had a reboot in like the 2000s at one point but um, I did not see the original zoom so if anyone you know might have the original zoom like if you could tell me I mean obviously uh, YouTube is the way to go but um, you know if you want to convince me like if there's a certain episode of zoom that I should watch let me know so Billy Thompson calls out Mackie and tells him that they're going to fight tomorrow and that he's going to get beat up on the field trip. So we believe that we have the, the setting, the incident that is going to happen. We believe. So Randy is getting very concerned because the readings aren't the way that they're supposed to be. So he decides to go in to save his son. So he gets in, and it's the day of the field trip. So here's Mackie, here's Stan, and here's the sheep herder. And he gets put on the bus. So then Stan hears his dad's voice. He's looking for him. Well, Stan ends up being a butterfly. And he's actually pretty happy about being a butterfly. And it gets to a point where he wants to get some sweet butterfly poontang. And this is where it gets a little crazy. Because I'm going to play this clip. And this is where it gets very bizarre. I will. That, that's as far as I'm going to go. It gets very bizarre. Dream. We need to move them all to the next dream level before the projections kill them. What next dream level? 
All right, look. Right now they're all trapped in a dream. We need to go in and put them under so they can go into a dream within a dream. Why? Because in the dream within a dream, we can protect them from getting to limbo. What's that? Empty, scary dream space. So like a nightmare? No, like a nightmare within a nightmare. Why can't you wake up from that? You can, but someone inside the dream has to kick you awake from the nightmare. That doesn't sound very difficult. It is. Why? Arrgh! We don't have time for this! Okay, fine. So you're going to take my son to a dream within the dream, and then what? Then we go into your husband's dreams. Okay. But your husband will think we're in Hasselback's dreams. Okay, wait. Who's Hasselback? I am. Okay. <laughs> wait, no. Why do we need a football player? Sometimes thoughts of my dead wife manifest themselves as trains. Are you all saying that you can go into a dream and take people in that dream into their own dreams? Not all the time, just this once, and maybe one other time. It's so complex and cool. Just because an idea is overly convoluted and complex doesn't make it cool. Going to multiple dream levels sounds like a really stupid idea. You just don't get it because you're not smart enough. Let's move! Will they be able to wake Mackie up? If they don't, it'll be the end of Europe as we know it. Why? Because... Okay, first of all, I like the joke of Matt Hasselbeck being there. Um, so to quickly describe Matt Hasselbeck, uh, he played uh, football. He was the quarterback, famously, of the Seattle Seahawks from 2001 to 2010. This is before Russell Wilson got there. And Matt Hasselbeck... Like, oh, God, I swear, that, that was such a funny joke. Matt Hasselbeck is known for two famous things he did in, or with the Seattle, uh, I almost said Mariners, Seattle Seahawks. The first thing he's famous for is leading them to Super Bowl Forty, where they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you talk to Seahawks fans about that game, they will tell you that they were screwed out of that game. The other thing that he is most remembered for while playing for the Seattle Seahawks is in a 2002 playoff game against the Green Bay Packers. It was a wild card game, and they go to overtime. So Seattle wins the coin toss, and Matt Hasselbeck says the famous words, we want the ball, and we're going to score. Well, during the second drive of Seattle in overtime, Matt Hasselbeck threw an interception, and the defensive player ran all the way for a touchdown, and the Packers won. So, Matt Hasselbeck had to eat crow. So, Matt Hasselbeck played... From 1999 all the way to 2015, made one Super Bowl appearance, and had a pretty good, had a pretty good career. Am I, am I going to say he, he's a Hall of Famer? Eh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not, but that's another story for another time. So, now that we've got the cast of Inception in, they now go into Mackey's dream. And we're at the woods for this field trip. And they're being welcomed by a ranger. And we have a very special guest that is at this event. 
it is Woodsy Owl. And young Mackie is happy because Woodsy Owl is kind of like a hero to him because he has the catchphrase, give a hoot, don't pollute. Now, Woodsy Owl is a real character. It is legit for the young, you know, our young listeners. Uh, his first appearance was September 15th, 1971, and he was officially introduced by the Secretary of Agriculture, Clifford Hardin. The first Woodsy Owl public service spot was created by U.S. Forest Ranger Chuck Williams, who was the Forest Service's technical consultant for the TV show Lassie. Um, despite the documented history of Woodsy Owl's creation, various rivals or rival claims to his parentage have emerged over the years. Several individuals have stated that they invented Woodsy Owl as children as part of a nationwide poster contest. The Forest History Society has said that no evidence of such has been provided. Several songs have been used in conjunction with the Woodsy Owl environmental campaign, including The Ballad of Woodsy Owl and Help Woodsy Spread the Word. John Bermuda Schwartz, who is famously known as the drummer for Weird Al Yankovic, recorded the Woodsy Owl song. So, after we see Woodsy, and he's going to be a key part to the rest or to the to the rest of the story. Billy says that he and his boys want to join up with Mackie. So the Rangers like, "Okay, you could join them." So, as this is going on, we now have firefighters that come. And they were called because well, there was no one else to really call. And then a pizza delivery guy comes for no reason because I guess somebody wanted pizza. So now the firefighters and the pizza delivery guy all get hooked up and they now get into the dream. So Mackie is running away from Billy Thompson and stands like, okay, this is your dream. You control the dream. You can fight this kid. Just fight him. You know, you control it. So, Mackie is going to fight Billy Thompson. And it's, you know, like they're about to have a fight. And then all of a sudden, here comes the cast of Inception and they kill Billy Thompson and his pals. Well, the problem is, Billy Thompson's not the problem. <laughs> Something else happened that caused Mr. Mackey to be what he is. So, the num or the reading on the charts is so bad that Dr. Chinstrap has no other choice. He's got to go and find the expert of dreams. And who is that individual? Well, it's none other than Freddy Krueger. And Freddy Krueger has a beard on him as he's chopping wood. Which is kind of weird because he has that, you know, the, the hand and the nail. Anyway, so they try to convince him to come back for one more. Just come back one more time. And in a way, he is convinced. 
So, now we go back, and Mackie tells us what really happened on the trip. Because it wasn't Billy Thompson that messed up his life. He remembers that when he was being chased, he went into this cabin, and he hid from Billy. But, there was somebody in that cabin. And he was starting to touch him inappropriately. It's Woodsy Owl. And Woodsy Owl is molesting young Mackie. So Woodsy now becomes this giant monster. And he goes after some of the people. He kills the sheep herder. And as it looks like it's going to get bad. Thwoom! Freddy Krueger stabs Woodsy with his claw hand and kills Woodsy. And because of that, everyone is able to come back to reality. And, you know, everyone's starting to wake up. It's, you know, everyone's all right. And Freddy has this one line, which I laughed in my head. It was like, I couldn't save the sheep herder. <laughs> He was so concerned about saving the sheep herder. So, Mr. Mackey feels better now. And then they ask Stan if he's ready for his therapy. And he's like, you know, I got a better idea. So, Stan is at his locker, and he starts throwing everything into the bag. Everything that's in the locker. So, here comes Kyle and Wendy, and Kyle's talking to him. And they're like, Aren't you going to have your therapy? And Stan's like, no, dude. I don't even want to know what's caused me bad memories. I saw what happened with Mackie. I don't want to deal with it. And then Kyle says, well, what if that was your therapy? And then he stops and the Dr. Chinstrap provides background music. And that is the end of In Sheepshin. Holy cow, what a crazy episode. So before I get into my grade, let's talk about the movie that it parodied, Inception, which came out in 2010. It came out in the summer of 2010, July 16th to be precise. The movie was directed by Christopher Nolan and stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Ken Watanabe, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Marion Cotillard, Elliot Page, or back then Ellen Page, Tom Hardy, Cillian Murphy, Tom Berenger, and Michael Caine. It had a $160 million budget and ended up gaining $836 million in the box office. It did really damn good. Now, as far as, you know, accolades, it wasn't up for, you know, Best Picture that year, which... You would think maybe with that kind of a movie, it would be, but in a way, or no, it wasn't. We're going we're, we're gonna to find out right now. Um, oh, well, okay, it was nominated for Best Picture. I apologize. Um, in total, it was nominated for eight Academy Awards and won four for Best Cinematography, Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best visual effects 
the other categories that it was nominated for that it did not win was Wust. My God, you hear how I'm talking, folks. <laughs> uh, best Original Score, Best Art Direction, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Picture. And that year is the year that The King's Speech wins Best Picture. So Inception ended up tying The King's Speech for the movies that won the most awards that night, with four each. So, for being nominated for eight, and ended up tying with the most, they did a pretty good job, uh, I think, to say the least. So, now that I've covered the movie, this is a weird episode. I'm just going to say it. It is a weird episode. But... There are parts where it is funny. And seeing Mr. Mackey as a kid is an interesting concept. It's a cool concept. Um, I'm going to give this... Hmm, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards either a 7 or an 8. I think I'm going to go with a 7. Only because some of the parts were weird. And I like I said earlier, I have never seen the movie Inception. I'm not penalizing this episode because of that um but still this was a weird episode based out of a weird movie so before we get to ratings and uh critical response there is an interesting an interesting situation that happened upon the episode's release dan gurwich from the humor website college humor noted several similarities between Inception and his own Inception parody video, Inception Characters Don't Understand Inception, which he had made with David Young and first posted to the College Humor website on July 19, 2010. He discovered that many lines from the South Park episode seemed to be lifted almost verbatim from their sketch. Matt Stone later issued an apology, admitting when they had intended to parody the complexity of Inception, they did not have a copy of the film to reference, instead turning to the internet for the information of the film. Stone explained, We thought their joke was that a lot of those lines were actually in the movie, and they were banging them against each other and showing that the Inception characters didn't even know Inception. That was a mistake, and it was an honest mistake. It's just because we do the show in six days, and we're stupid, and we just threw it together. But in the end, there are some lines that we had to call and apologize for. Gurwitch has since said that their apology was accepted, and that he and Young plan to meet up with Matt and Trey when they're in New York. Alright, well at least it didn't get too out of hand. In the original airing of this episode, this was seen by 2.891 million viewers, that's according to the Nielsen Media Research, making it the most watched cable TV show of the night. The episode received a 1.8 rating with a 3 share, meaning it was seen by 1.8% of the population and 3% of people watching television at the time of its broadcast. Among adult viewers between ages 18 and 49, the episode received a 1.6 rating with a 5 share, dropping 3 tenths in the ratings in stated demographic since the previous episode. 
Among male viewers between ages 18 and 34, the episode scored a 3.4 with an 11 share. Emily Vanderwerf of the AV Club gave the episode a B rating. IGN gave the episode a score of 7 out of 10 and wrote, This episode has a great premise, and I did find myself laughing a couple of times. Cartman's few lines in this story are hilarious, but this installment gave me the impression that the creative team weren't really trying that hard. I've said it before, but it bears repeating. It seems like these new episodes are more like robot chicken fare. No offense to you RC lovers out there, though South Park is not to be compared to Robot Chicken, than the usual stuff we've come to expect from SP. Maybe the team is distracted by other things, or maybe the debacle with the Muhammad episode took some wind out of their sails, but the spark seems to be missing, and I'm hoping it returns soon. TVFanatic.com rated the episode 4 out of 5 and said, We thought the episode was actually pretty spot on and fantastic. You know, I never really thought that the two-parter with Muhammad would still affect everyone like six months after those episodes aired. Never really thought about that. Okay, let's go to IMDb and see what they thought of this week's episode. Over 2,000 people have rated this episode, and the average rating is an 8.1 out of 10. 628 people gave it an 8 333 people gave it a 7, that's the score I'm giving it this week. 488 people gave it a 10, and 60 people gave it the 1. To break it down into demographics, the average rating for males is an 8.1, with its highest demographic in the 18 to 29 category, an average rating of an 8.4. For females, the average rating is a 7.4, with its best demographic being... 18 to 29 as well. They have an average rating of an 8.2. So, now that we have that squared away, let's go take a look at the user reviews of this episode. So, the first review that I'm going to read is from Red underscore Identity, who wrote, This is a fantastic episode. First off, I love the film Inception. I think it's Nolan's best and one of the best of 2010. But it was just hilarious to see it being made fun of this way. I am sure the writers love the film also, and they are just going by what the media may secretly think or say, but this episode was hilarious all around. Episodes like this prove that South Park still has it and continues to be the best animated show on television. Forget Family Guy great episode and the Inception star lookalikes actually looked very similar to the actors, most notably Leonardo DiCaprio and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay, I'm going to be completely honest. I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt was Justin Long in this episode because I was like, oh god, I got to deal with Justin Long. <laughs> uh, next review is from Bored underscore Dragon who wrote, the reality show Hoarders meets Inception meets the most powerful dream infiltrator in the definition of awesome. The same moment they announced the most powerful dream infiltrator, I knew who it was, but that didn't spoil his appearance at all. Can you guess without watching? And our final review is from Gangsta Hippie who wrote, Stan may have a hoarding problem, 
His locker is completely messy, and he does not want to throw anything away. His girlfriend, Wendy, is worried about him. He visits Mr. Mackey, the school counselor, who also seems to have a hoarding problem. A doctor then decides to find the root of Stan and Mackey's hoarding problem by looking through Mackey's subconscious. However, Stan gets trapped in Mackey's subconscious and the doctors call the dream infiltrators, like the ones from Inception, to rescue them. Meanwhile, Mackey's subconscious dream is him as a child in 1974. The younger version of Mackey and Stan are trying to find the root of Mackey's hoarding problem. The episode spoofs the reality TV show Hoarders, which I have not seen, and the movie Inception, which I thought was fairly good, albeit a tad overrated. The episode has some very hilarious moments, as well as a scene where something happens to Mackie, which may be seen as depressing or messed up. Overall, this is an excellent episode. Um, so basically what everyone has learned today is, I've never seen Inception, and I'm recommending all of you to recommend me an episode of Zoom, so I can see it. Well, on that note, that's going to do it for this episode. You guys can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you can join the Facebook group SharksPond, a South Park podcast, where you can join other South Park fans and discuss past and present and maybe even future South Park episodes. Next time around going to do something, we, and, and this is the, the royal we, that we have not done in a long time. I mean, it's been a long time since we've done something like this. A trilogy! Yes, we have a three-parter that we're going to start up, and while it doesn't have an official name, I'm going to give it an unofficial name. I'm going to call this the Coon and Friends Trilogy. Because next episode is part one of the trilogy, Coon 2 Hindsight. That is next time on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you all next time.